There we are. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. We are all here. Yes, look at them happy faces. Stunned. I see frozen. Wait on, how many seconds? <laughs> <laughs> He's frozen. Three seconds into the into the game there. Come on, Stephen. Anyway, I tell you what, oh, move on. he'll get he'll get that sorted. Couple of house things. Don't forget, we are moving over to the Potty Mouth channel, to this channel there. So if you haven't subscribed, that would be fantastic. And it says actually there, 200, is it 207? I can't say properly. But I'm sure we're, we're past 700 now. So please pop over there and subscribe to that channel. Probably now, two weeks before we go over there and sort that out. And our funky Discord as well. Please pop over to our Discord and say hello. That would be fantastic. So, are we, is he back? Is he there? Right, let's... Um, whose phone's that making all that noise, man? How are we Yeah, so welcome, welcome, welcome to the the best garden chat show on the earth. There, I was going to say on Trestle TV, but we're not. So yes, hello and welcome. If you want a question, capital Q, put a capital Q first, then I'll be able to search for it a lot quicker. So if you want a question answered by our esteemed guest, put it in and search. Or put your little. Who is that? Who is that? Is that? Is that you, a... No, it's not me. I think it's JB's laughing there. I'm sure. It's oh, it's me the old... sending the message. <laughs> <laughs> so, how how is Stephen? How are you today, sir? Are you are you good? I'm frozen again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have to get the bottom. <laughs> I would get a great, it's a great quality picture, but it's no good when you're frozen. GB standing, he's just drinking. Look, he's drinking his water. Oh, is that a stout? No, what, what? no it's stout? just a, it's a cola. <laughs> I, I can say Coke. I'm not on the BBC. It's Coke. Okay. Well, GB, look at, look at what I'm kind of drinking. So I'm, I'm joining you kind of. This is a posh, posh orange juice. Can you see the uh, San Pellegrino in thin cans? That's what uh, I've got. So, yes, are you good, GB? Are, are you ready for another garden exploit show? I'm very, very good. Thank you oh, very much. Marvelous. I had a brilliant name for San Pellegrino that I'd never heard before the other day. Called Someone called it Tori Tango. I'm writing that down. That is so good, that one. <laughs> right, let's see. Audrey, are you, are you good? Are you all right? I'm great. Great. Excellent, excellent. Now, um, yes. I heard, I'm sure I've seen a little comment of you on our thread on our like little personal thing that you have got no rain forecast for days yet oh no uh, at least 10 days out we have no oh, rain coming man, man. and we haven't had any maybe a week maybe two but in in all fairness it doesn't really matter doesn't it not only because you just you've got your tenure you turn your uh, irrig professional irrigation system on and yeah no i'm gonna i'm just telling you nothing works like rainwater oh i know I so know. 
a good soak. All the minerals, all the minerals, yeah. yes, coming off the land and yep. going back up. Yeah, yeah. Can we just see if this old fella is still? Is he? Is he <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's got all the not gear, frozen. All the gear, no idea. I've <laughs> got all the gear, no bloody internet. That's what it is. Is that what? Is that oh, what's causing it? Is it? Definitely, yeah. I mean, because you, well, you know what gear I've got here, and it's all sort of about as up to date and as fast as a as a rocket. It's our, <laughs> uh, tele, it's our telephone lines here. They're so old and antiquated, and I don't know for certain, but I've been told there are um, internet lines coming from across the middle of the country, straight across the fells. They go around the valleys, and in some points, they actually go under lakes uh-huh. and. I, th- I think it's old aluminium lines. I think that's what it is when, they, of course, the better ones are the copper. But we get tons and tons of cutouts here. Well, it's, it's one of the reasons why I haven't done a live cast myself, you know, because I'd love to do a live show, but um, it's just so unreliable. Well, it's funny, Steve. I was looking, actually, at, uh, you know, the adverts, or do you not get this one, but we get an EE advert where the land are playing you know, from the house, the 5G broadband. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah. And I thought we could get that here because I'm EE. And on my phone, my phone is as three times as fast as the house internet. I'm on the house internet here. And I don't know, we're kind of going down rabbit hole. But I want, I was thinking about that 5G, but we kind of get that 5G. Can you not try that one then, Steve? The fi- I'm not saying good because I think it's a fortune, mind. I think it's probably about 50 quid a month. Do you know what I mean? Something silly like that. 5G, I don't know. There's two <laughs> sheep in the field. But two <laughs> yeah. sheep in the field behind us. But I've, I've, noticed, like mad. <laughs> I've noticed a lot of um, a lot of the kind of... Have you seen the masts that are going up for the 5G thing? They're just... There's about four or five no. boxes. Then they've got this one mast that is just... They're putting them up in like little villages, but we haven't got it got it yet. So no, I've uh, not seen one of them. I won't see one of them for another twenty, thirty I was years. Say, not, in, not, in the, um, not in the Lake District. You'll not you'll not get anything past no. there. No. Right. Should we should we talk about gardening then? So I tell you what, I just want to. Oh, we must. I, I just want to. You know what I mean? I, I want to get the elephant out of the room and just show you. Look at the size of that, oh, man. Wow. Yeah. wow. Audrey. What do you <laughs> Wow. What do you think of that last, eh? Mother Chuck. I'm, I'm really is... impressed with that. Well, let me tell to, you. To be honest, I didn't notice it. I might have picked it a little bit earlier, <laughs> but I'm saying that must be 15 inches, man. Stephen, you even in all your 60, 70 years of gardening, you'll not have seen <laughs> <laughs> You're not seeing something as big as that, have you? Oh, I they used to grow them on the allotments like that. I think they is that variety Telegraph. It looks like it. It doesn't. It I, honestly, I can't remember there now. But it didn't it, say on the label when you bought it in the garden centre. No, know, it yeah. didn't. It didn't. It didn't tell us <laughs> no. on the garden centre. But it doesn't ring a bell no. saying Telegraph. But I know I did write it down, but I cannot remember what it is. But. I was chuffed a bit with that. I picked that in. I thought, I'm showing, I'm showing this crowd. I'm getting in first then, showing this crowd. <laughs> no, it's a good, it's a good cucumber, mate. Good cucumber. What I want to start off with then is JB. With, JB oh. is very happy. <laughs> JB had a, a harvest, like a potato harvest, which... To be honest, JB, it was out of this world. And mine has been oh. pitiful of late. But I've 
I've never seen your GB as as happy as, as you know what I mean because I kind of I like I, I was thinking it's GB is our kind of stunt man. If it's gonna fail, GB's there at the front <laughs> trying it out. <laughs> but now, Bless. and I seen Steve had a little note in our kind of um, little chat thing about traditional. Because Steve, I think you're maybe wobbling with the the bucket system as well. So, JB, tell us how on earth you got that many potatoes. It's literally just so I went. I went kind of. I, I just looked up the correct spacing, basically, and followed that. <laughs> <laughs> and I, that's not normally what I do. I just kind of bung in whatever I've got. That's what I did last year, and there were just way too many. It was too dense. So I had quite a nice crop, but all the all the potatoes were kind of competing, and they were really small. Um, so this year, I can't. I cannot remember what the spacing is. Something like four foot between each one four um, foot right no is that right it's it, no it's 12 inches 15 inches and 28 inches right he just knows it off off by heart, oh, you know, bloody hell granddad what a, what a, <laughs> drum, drummed it into him <laughs> so is that what did you put any feed jb anything like yeah just a little bit of the the standard blood fish bone meal um, just literally kind of sprinkled it in the trench, a little bit of compost as well. Not a lot, probably could have had a lot more compost in there, but just stuck them in the ground and they're away. And that's how I've done it for three years. And generally, I just seem to get pretty lucky with the soil for potatoes. I don't know what it is. And there's just something, I say it literally every time when it comes to spuds, I just love the simplicity of them. You just stick them in the ground and they go, you know, you don't, don't need to fuss yeah. over them or anything like that. I just love it. I just, um, what, it's just brilliant. What about watering then, GB? Were you heavy on the watering or? Normally I don't water at all um, in the beds, but this year I did because it's just been so dry. It's so, so dry on the south coast. Um, so I did give them a couple of really, really good soakings and I, I watered them in quite heavily when they mm-hmm. first went in the ground as well. And I, I watched the video, GB. I can't remember often. Did you plant them? Did you see April? Yeah, April 6th. So I had two lots. I think the first was April 6th, and then the the others were probably around the 20th, something like that. So I've not dug up the second lot yet. But because these were all main crop, that's quite early, April 6th. I think, you know, back of the packet, April 15th was kind of when you're meant to start, and then into um, May. Um, <laughs> I thought, you know, just give it a go. <laughs> give it a go. Because I don't really love the, um, the earlies. You know, I, I'm not such a fan. I love a main crop. I love a roast. I love a chip. Right. <laughs> so well, like, I've got them all. Know, oh, tell, us in what's, tell us what's, um, what's, because I quite like, well, I quite like, like, see, a second earlies. I'm, I'm, I do like a Charlotte, and I know Steve's kind of grown Charlotte's there this time as well, but what what stops you liking the earlies or the, or the second earlies? They're just, they're just much Zombie better chips. suited to it. <laughs> A boiled, yeah, exactly. You can't make chips. <laughs> they, they I mean, they roast up okay. It's just not the same. You can't beat a proper, like a proper roast with the crispy skin and just the fluffy middle. <laughs> just, it's like one of my all-time favorite things to grow, and it's so simple. It's so easy. I love it. But you would, you, you mentioned as well just before we kind of jumped on GB that a couple of them have got this thing in the middle. Yeah, yeah, what, yeah. yeah. What's it so, called um, again? It's something called Hollow Heart. And I've got it really mild, um, and I didn't actually put any pictures in that video. But it's just a slight kind of dark patch in the middle, and I 
kind of went away and I was a bit like, oh God. Because the first one I cut into had it, um, but it's really minor. You just cut out a tiny little bit and it's caused by kind of inconsistent growing kind of conditions. So if it's getting really warm and then quite cold or, you know, really wet and then really dry, that can kind of cause the potatoes to grow really quickly and they get a bit of kind of like malformation in the middle. Um, but you just cut it out and it's fine. And it kind of made sense that they were getting that with them going in a little bit too early. Um, so it probably does make sense to maybe plant them a little later if you're right, on the main right, crops. Because right. I was, I did watch as well Steve's. Steve, sir, I did watch your, like, I think it was like a harvest kind of thing. But I just, just want to yeah. put, um, draw people's attention to this photograph. That little hole there is, is nearly as bad as mine. That was like one bucket of a, a hole. Now I know, granted, you got um, you got some better buckets of potatoes. But are you going now? Did I hear? Am I getting this right? Where you're seeing, or maybe wobbling with buckets growing and like maybe went traditional in the ground. Did I hear right that you're thinking oh, it might not be as good as what everyone says they are? Well, it's it's a little bit half and half. I think for the, I mean, when I very first saw the bucket method, it was with allotment Dan, and he was growing sarpo mirrors, sarpo mirrors, and they were brilliant, and you get a really good harvest out of the buckets. So naturally, I bought some buckets the next year, and I did it, and it worked for me. It was superb again. The problem is when it comes to the other varieties, for me, it doesn't seem to work as well. And I've got like half a dozen other negative issues with it. I mean, the cost of the compost for starters, but there's yeah. certain little niggles along the way, which is just making me think maybe I should go back to growing nose in the ground and just growing the sarpos in the, in the, in the buckets. Because what I do is, I mean, people get fed up with me with the crimson crushed tomatoes and the sarpomira potatoes. I grow those two as standbys. They're my standbys if we get blight. So I've always got a crop. Anything else is, you know, over and above that. But if they all get blight, I've still got a crop. That's my idea with it. Right. Audrey, are you pulling potatoes at the moment? Or have, you, have you got potatoes? No, I'm not. I, I only have one variety in this year. And it got in kind of late, so I won't be pulling them until maybe mid-September. All right, right. Yeah. Mm. Okay, I have a question for uh, all three of you. And I'm going to ask this on behalf of me and anyone who's not a UK gardener. Is when you talk about main crop potatoes, do you mean more like a russet potato, like a baking potato? Or... I'm not sure I know the difference when you guys talk about those. One and Stephen, I'll let you. Steve, I see a hand. <laughs> yeah, it's it's basically the cropping the 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 point from planting to harvest. Uh, with first earlies, we go with about twelve weeks. Anywhere from ten to twelve weeks is a first early. Anywhere from twelve to sixteen weeks is a second early, and anything after that is a main crop. So it's a length of time thing with that okay so here we would call that an early potato a mid-season potato and a late season potato right there we go right, right there we go okay. yeah 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 okay i thought maybe it was a style so okay great the ones Thank you. the ones you put in then audrey are they late potatoes which you would use for they're like actually, they're actually mid-season right uh 
but I didn't get them in till like early June. <laughs> like, we were having such a late, uh, weird spring. A lot of these companies will not send out seed potatoes until they're sure there's no frost in the area. Right. Right. So I didn't get them till late May. Wow. Yeah. God, I would have had yeah. mine. That's quite. Uh huh. Yeah. And what September did you say? Mid September. Is that not going to be like pretty chance of a frost down your way or not? Or oh no, I'm not going to get a frost till late late October. Right, right. Also, you're covered there, so you will get a nice crop. Yes. 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 Yeah. Uh huh. And what uh, yeah. have you ever used pots before, Audrey? Or is this just a kind of something? I that's... am. I only have used pots. All oh, right, right. I have no desire to dig in trenches <laughs> to look for potatoes. <laughs> I'm just telling you. And if you, I actually got even smaller buckets this year because I want my garden apprentices' kids to dig for the potatoes because they would think that's just the best. So they're mm. smaller, so they can dump them and just dig through them and have a great time. Mm-hmm. Mind but, that, yeah, you've, yeah, you've, never you've hit the nail there, Audrey, for me, because Steve, you know that we're on about like, say, traditional there, but the thought of what JB's having to do, like to trench them, do you know what I mean? I've done it all, you know, kind of trench them, put them all up, bank them up, then bank them up again, then go out and dig them. You know, when you can yeah. just like lift a bucket, exactly what you well, did, Steve, also, put it in the, in the wheelbarrow. Us, none of us are quite yeah. as young as JB anymore. <laughs> So that kind of changes how much digging you really want to do. It's, I, I, I guess, Steve, What? that's a good point then. Are you that desperate for, say, a great crop, or would you sacrifice a great crop for an easy crop? Like, I mean, physical ease lifting. Because, to be honest, are you the oldest boy in, in on this little team? I think you might, you know what I mean? I think you might be. You know what I mean? so, <laughs> I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about that. So, Steve, what well, would you... I, mean, I mean, I think sometimes people do do that for ease as well. I mean, it is a lot easier, and I like that ease, don't get me wrong. But I do think there's, I mean, I haven't f- fully committed to my full reasons for why I, I'm not overly keen on the buckets. Um, so, I mean, next year I'll grow in buckets and probably the year after. But that year after, I'll probably also grow in the ground as well and, and do a taste test in comparison. I think the taste goes a little bit. I think there's more work involved with watering, with buckets. Um, I think overall, I have a preference from being in the ground. And that's, that's possibly, and I don't know, possibly because that's the way I've always done it. Yeah. Now that you <clears throat> excuse me, now that you mentioned it, Steve, it was through, I think, Dan and his pots, you know, and that variety of potato. And I've never actually used that, I don't think, in a pot. So I've always just put, like, say, Charlotte's in. Then I think this year I've got um, pink fur apples and Desri in. So I've never actually used it. What, how do you pronounce it? Sarpo Mira? Sarpo Mira, yeah. Yeah, I've never actually tried them. Do you know what I mean? So I'm not sure... Even what kind of taste them? But I don't know if I've even grown them. You know what I mean. So that's a that's a point. But the thought of trenching and you know, what I mean? like I, I say it. for the for the young lads. You know what I mean, young people. Yeah, I love you know it. I, mean? <laughs> I, I don't think it's it's not that hard to trench. I don't think. I mean, yeah. if your ground is dug over anyway, that mm-hmm. is if you grow it in soil. 
your ground should already be dug over and it's just a case of moving moving the soil around to make a trench. And I, yeah. I normally do it with a rake, make a trench with a rake, put them in, rake over the top, rake up a big hill, um, and then do the same to earth them up. Right. Oh, no, see, that's where me and you differ a little bit, Steve. But, I mean, and it's just kind of naive probably with me, but I dig a trench. Do you know what I mean? There's a kind of good... See, oh, proper... Proper trench, maybe I'm not saying like a foot deep, but a proper like you know if you're going to bury your, your polytunnel plastic, yeah, it's that kind of a trench I'm putting in, and I put the the potato kind of. Oh, well, it? I get the same with the rake. Get the same depth with the rake. Uh-huh. It's just got it's got sloping sides. Uh-huh. But if you think about it, because you've raked that sides out as well, when it comes to dig it, you're just putting your fork in and lifting the potatoes out yeah. through the soil because it's already sifted and, and loose. But, I mean, it also goes back to, I was using my rotavator then as well a lot more. So I'd run my rotavator across the ground, use my rake, rake up the soil, put the spuds in, and then rake them to earth them up. The soil was always loose. So there's no effort to do, really. I just want just to apologise to the Nord Dig Brigade here when he said the word <laughs> rotavator. It's... It breaks me hard. I'm sorry. It just... Never even ever have a <laughs> There's a lot of note diggers going, oh, to be enough. Have you guys ever tried um, the Ruth Stout method with potatoes? Oh, do you have to explain? I've, oh, never, tried a... I've seen that? it. I've never tried it. Okay, yeah. I'm at, Now that we're talking here, I think I might try that next year. Because mm. you really just lay the potatoes on the ground and you heap up hay or straw over them and you just yeah. let them grow through that and so some yeah, go think... in the dirt a little bit but most of them stay right on the soil surface mm-hmm. i think yeah, zora just made a video yeah. on that this year yeah 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 um, she she's some really had some reasonable, reasonable yeah. results with that yeah and it again is not going to be digging down 12 inches to get them they seem to be Right so on the, top. The potatoes, the new potatoes, Audrey, am I, am I getting this right? Are just lying on the surface of your soil, but your, your straws yes. hide them from daylight. Yes, and you just yeah. keep piling straw or grass clippings or whatever you have yeah. over the top. Right. And the potatoes just grow right through that. And then you pull the straw back and you find your potatoes. Yeah. So that might be worth a try next year. I mm-hmm. might do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's meant to be really good. Liz, um, in her book, Grounded, as well, um, she does some really interesting comparisons of, you know, using straw, hay, grass clippings, and wood chip mm. as well, because they all had quite different oh. results. Um, and I think yeah. hay or straw is, is the best. Um, and I think yeah. this year she's done it with chicken manure and, like, duck bedding and that kind of stuff. Oh. She's had a really good crop. So. Be, yeah, I was going to say that'd be awesome. Right. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'll, um, we'll, we'll, we'll have a, a, a little question now. Let me just put myself there. Oh, by the way, have you not, not none of you, I will have to point it out to JB, have you noticed? <laughs> there are a few in uh, the chat as well. Have you noticed the bloody sign there, man? Look at this, man. <laughs> <laughs> the potty milk. I went all the way to Bristol for that. Thanks, great. And to drop his son off. <laughs> it's very professional. Right. Um, Shan I cleaned up my desk even in honor of that. <laughs> and I'm actually sitting on cushions now. I've, I've, moved me. I've actually moved that <coughs> that whole backdrop down about a foot and a half as well. Mm-hmm. It's now kind of 
a little bit levelish with the telly. That was a that was a, that was a few words of choice words there, Audrey. Cover your ears. I, can't, uh, right. I can't imagine. <laughs> Shan is asking, do you notice climate change? Is it affecting your allotment? Stephen, <laughs> let's jump straight to you then. Weather, climate yeah. change? Yeah, it's definitely affecting me. I mean, my temperatures have been awful here. But if you think about it, a week ago, we were sat here mopping our brows with towels because oh, we were absolutely melting last week, weren't we? Uh, but this year, my my seasons, I've managed to recover and get some crops out, but it's not where they should be because my temperatures since spring have been awful, really, really, really down. Whereas the rest of the country is the temperatures seem to be elevated. So well, it's, uh, yeah, it's affecting me. JB um, asked, where, "Where have I got that little order?" JB asked me about you know the weather this morning because I think JB I was just showing JB this. It was. Um, Sunny, bright blue sky, sunny for me. And then all of a sudden I turned round and I had to kind of stop the car and just video it. It's never stopped since that. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, which is great for the, the allotment. But you know what I mean? It's just when you've got like massive sunshine, rain, massive, like cold wind. It's just like you seem to be like fighting all the time. But again, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. You know what I mean? Right, so Audrey, uh, about, have you noticed? Because your weather seems to be, you know, we're quite. It's quite funny to talk about your weather because your weather's like freezing, freezing cold. Two, two or three days without any air conditioner or or heat, yes. and then it's it's like red hot. Are you noticing it's, yeah. it's getting harder? Yes, it's getting. Uh, this year has been a struggle uh, because I think most of my brassica bed is either bolted. Or that nothing's heading up. It's like it's just. I think it's because of the weather. Because I've done nothing different. Mm-hmm. So I'm starting everything again, and I'm hoping for a fall harvest because there's nothing coming. My I mean, Audrey, I've got, but the brassicas have been very, very hit by this. Uh-huh. All <laughs> the, um, your your tip. I don't know when it was. You know about taking seeds and sowing them indoors because the weather's I, too. Someone I've mentioned got, that, and I kind of on on the, the channel. Someone mentioned it in the comments, and I kind of thought that's what. I, and I, I mentioned, but I did mention that this was Audrey's tip because someone, you know, obviously a few people are just struggling, you know, trying to sow a seed yeah. in this weather. You know, you water them and they dried out within like a, an hour or so. Yeah. yeah, my my lettuce that I I direct sowed, I think I have two coming up, and I direct sowed <laughs> oh. a boatload. So I, it's all inside now. I've got five flats going inside again. Mm-hmm. It's I'll almost it, like yeah. it's April once over, you know, over again. But I'm gonna try. We'll see what we get. What about the um, the South GB? Huh? <laughs> it's an interesting question because I've not been. Well, this is third year of gardening for me, so I'm um, I'm all still fairly new to it. You know, it's not like I've I've got everything in my head like Steve. You know exactly when stuff should be happening when. But, um, you know, it's just it's just so variable now, isn't it? Some of the weather, you know, every season feels like it could, you know, present some challenges or it could be amazing. And I think that kind of variability is probably a symptom of climate change. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it can make things a little more difficult, for sure. It, 
But on the flip side, Stephen, I'll ask you this as well. Do we not complain about the weather every year? And and it's always like every year, it's the hardest year we've ever had. It's a bloody <laughs> nightmare. You know what I mean? But, so you're not having a hard I'm, year, Tony. Oh, um, to be honest, Audrey, I'm, give yeah, me a no, break. No, you're I'm, like. I could get the golden touch this year. <laughs> on yes. certain things, on certain things, like Steve, when he pulled his potatoes, my potatoes were even worse than that. Do you remember? I think I pulled the wrong bucket, but even yeah. if I left them, like, say, another two months and watered every day, I wouldn't get a crop like JB's. Do you know what I mean? So wow. I'm thinking, I wonder if I should just kind of do a bit. Of, I like that idea, my you, Audrey, of like not much work. You know what I mean? Like, put them on but, the chest, no, I'm, the like, I'm thinking, well, next year that might really work. Mm-hmm. And just so I'm gonna... going back to that, them potatoes on the ground, is that the same thing, Steve? Like the same kind of distance apart? I would think so, yeah. Um, uh-huh. yeah. I mean, there, there was a study done a few years ago. Uh, it came out quite inconclusive, but they reckoned that potatoes are you're going to need a fair bit of um, leniency with me here, but they reckon the potatoes talk to each other. They know where each oh. other are, and if they sense one close to it, they won't grow as big. So somebody did this test where he put them three foot apart. I knew he'd be laughing. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm kind of giggling too. Like, what? <laughs> he, had the, he had these potatoes, sort of five potatoes, planted three to six foot apart, and he got over 125 pounds of potatoes. From them, from five, five seed tubers. Right. Wow. Because they weren't Did talking he have, to like, each other. on them so he could hear what they were saying. I don't know. I don't know. I just saw the report. Buddy, I'm here. I'm here. You get yourselves over there. You go. <laughs> <laughs> but it's something else that I've noticed. You, I mean. Once you've dug up a row of potatoes, you know what you're doing, and you dig up row after row, year after year. But always, to me, it always seems to be that the two right at either end of the row are always the better, better ones. You, you seem to get a bigger yield from the plants at the end of a row, and well, I wonder if that's because there isn't one on the other side of it. But then, doesn't all that not just like that? That doesn't come into the equation when you're using buckets. I don't know. I'm not sure. Don't you, a, you normally put more than one seed potato in a bucket, don't you? Or is yes, it just yes, one? Would, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, but yeah. just you know, I was kind of saying Steve had a bad crop of potatoes. Only one bucket, but what he did yeah. have. Look at that bad boy <laughs> there. Now that's a, that's <laughs> that is Steve. Am I right in thinking that's a banana shallot? It is indeed, and it's one of the smaller ones. Man, man. <laughs> oh, wow. It, that is just, like, awesome. Do you know what I mean? The kind of... it, it's just gone off the scale this year. All my alliums, my garlic, my elephant garlic, um, those onions, and I've got some Bedford, some Bedfordshire champ onions and a few ailsers, and they're all absolutely phenomenal this year. Uh-huh. And I'm, I might reveal live on Potty Mouth <laughs> a secret. I might. Interesting. You won't buy them from the shop. <laughs> no, I just don't. I just haven't watered them at all. I have not watered this year. I've taken an approach to turn my hose pipe off and water by watering can, 
And with the amount of beds I've got, I mean, I've got 20 of those beds now. I don't want to be watering all them by hand. I'm trying to use less water, trying to do the right thing, you know, as everybody is. Well, so I can't work that out because I've got my spring onions, Steve, some of my spring onions are looking like desperately that they need water. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. how can, if you, you know, the, the, I guess you haven't had this kind of sunshine, like say a GAB yeah. down south. So th- there is that it's kind of so dry. You know what I mean? But like, how do we get more rain here? Uh-huh. We get more rain. Yeah. That is. Oh, just, yeah. You are, yes, you know I mean? yes. That's I, helpful. Yes. Do it That's sure it's bigger than most of my onions share, this year. What yeah, that? I've had one. <laughs> what was that, GB? I said that shallot is bigger than most of my onions. Oh, I know, this I know, year. I know. It's just, <laughs> it um, is crazy. I'm not joking either, like, genuine. <laughs> it's looking good. So, well, actually, GB, no, don't, no, come on. This this is your harvest. Is this right? That's oh, it. yeah, see what I've done there. <laughs> what I've done there. I know what you've done, and you put all the nice the ones out. I do that. <laughs> yeah, to make it look better. Yes. So, um, decent quantity, but yeah, a lot of, lot of mine were very, very small. Um, but I still think, you know, and I've mentioned this again a couple of times where, you know, like, it doesn't matter what size onion, I bring them all home because even like a little one, Oh, yeah. do a salad, yeah. you know what I mean? So, yeah. mm-hmm. But I'm hoping, yeah, if I could get, as you know, anywhere near my banana shallots, mine are not even anywhere, like, bulbing up at the moment. They look nice, green, healthy, but bloody hell, Steve. Yeah. Come on, let's give yeah, them a round of applause. Yeah, so, right. <laughs> what's this? GB, what's this? What's the bloody <laughs> yeah, point? <that's>, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, they didn't. They didn't fit in the truck. I thought that truck might break, so I had to use a, one of the backup bags. I, do you know what? I, what I noticed though, Jimmy, is like I'm going to make sure I get get an old because so they're not be able to take the Mickey out of us anymore. Oh it's yeah, an but it's a Hessian. It's a Hessian, like you know what I mean. Kind of, it's yeah, not a plastic. It's a Hessian. As you can get from there, so, how many onions did you get then, Jimmy? Did do you know, you... I've not counted them, so that was literally yesterday. And is that, um, is I've that not your... counted the weight or anything? Right. Is that your full harvest in there? Is it? Yeah, yeah. That's the whole lot. Um, so, I I kind of had one main onion bed, um, one point two meters long, three rows of onions, just fully loaded, kind of intercropped with some lettuce, and then throughout the rest of the plot, I was kind of just doing a little row here and there to uh-huh, see, uh-huh. you know, how they would be affected by white rot. And interestingly, despite most of them being quite small and it not being a great harvest, some of them were really appalling in different beds. Um, most of them were white rot free. Mm-hmm. I would, out of everything, there was like 5% had white rot. Um, so they've just not grown for other reasons. Probably the lack of rain, the heat, that kind of thing. Yeah. But, Is yeah. Am I right in thinking if you pull an onion early, Audrey, Steve, that... White rot doesn't set in as quick if it's it's only when you leave it a long time. Because I noticed there, JB, with your onions, did you? Because normally I'll leave mine until my onion actually falls over. Do you yeah. know actually the green stalk tips yeah. over? Now I'm not. I'm, I'm going to do that this year because I just want to hopefully, you know, not get white rot on every bloody onion yeah. I've got. Is have I, I just made this up, or is that is that a kind of a gardening like law? Yeah, I wait. Go on, Audrey. Yeah, I wait till mine flop over. 
Yeah. Unless I'm desperate for the space to plant something else, then I might pull them. But they're they bolt better if you wait till they flop over. Mm-hmm. I'm just worried in case I, I I'm encouraging like you know the white rot. So that's why I'm thinking like yeah. I mean they're a nice size. Do you know what I mean they're they're a kind of decent size? And I don't think they'll bulb up anymore. It's just they haven't. Maybe ones went over, so that's kind of you know enough for me. I'm thinking I might just lift them. I don't know. My mine were all. I over, don't know. To be honest, honest. It's, it's early. Mm-hmm. What, Steve? I don't think I don't think I've read anything or know anything about the white rot and how it sets in, but I know it's in the soil. So mm-hmm. I assume yep. if your onions are in contact with it, they're going to get white rot, Whatever. whether they're they've been in there for a long time or not. I would have thought it just might take longer for the for it to show once you've harvested them. I don't know. Right, we've got a good yeah, process. that's it. Sorry, G, big one. I was going to say, so I think it's just a process where, like, you know, if you've got an onion that is, you know, subject to white rot and it is starting to take effect, then the sooner you take it out of the soil and cut that bit off, the less time it has to spread throughout the onion, essentially. I think that's just the kind of the thinking behind taking the, right. the, the right. harvest early. Right, well, I, st- I still think I'm going to pull them a little, just a touch earlier than the norm. Um, yeah. We've got... I was, also re- I was also, one more thing, I was also reading the other day on the RHS sites. you know, um, many gardeners sort of recommend that you bend your onions over before you're getting ready to lift them. Well, apparently they don't recommend that now, and I didn't see a reason, so if anyone knows that, I'd be interested. Right. But the other piece of advice that used to go around many years ago was that you'd put a fork underneath them and lift them slightly, leave them in the ground, lift them slightly to break the roots. So I don't know if that advice is still around, but I wouldn't bother doing that. You don't want to damage the roots at all. What's the, the, the reason then, Steve? Is that the stop to stop to kind of bend the stalks? Is that the kind of stop the growing process, is it? Uh, yeah, when people bend the onions over, that's to stop the growing and to Everything that's in the leaves then falls back into the bulb or something. Can't quite remember oh, yeah. to be honest, but no, I'm just, it, I just I think it's some. I was just going to what I was going to say is that that's why I normally leave them to fall over. You know what mm, I mean? Yeah. But I, but I wonder why you know like whoever what did you say there the RHS um, do it a little bit earlier and, and force almost force that leaf to to, to bend mm. over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's 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 a strange one. But I say definitely don't break the roots on your plants because that will affect its storage time and quality as well. Right, right. Well, there's some top tips for you, everyone. There we go. Very good. Don't forget, at the end of this show, we have the tip of the week by each of our esteemed guests. Audrey hasn't yes, got one yet, so you get your thing. I'm thinking frantically. Yes. I'm thinking frantically right guess now. Who's, guess who's got three just to be on the safe side? Yeah. <laughs> 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 right now we've got a good question from Rachel. I uh, know sorry, Sarah. What got you into gardening, and what was the first thing you grew? Now this is a question for everyone, and I'll kind of, I guess, I'll kick it off. It was me, mum, that got me in the garden. She's always been a, a good plants woman there, and it's either looking back, it's either potatoes or tomatoes. I think it was probably the tomatoes. You know what I mean? For me, that was the first thing I kind of grew in anger and and brought them from seed right the way through and that's probably what kind of clinched it for us and made us like 
fall in love with gardening, just a packet of seeds to like a greenhouse full of tomatoes. It's just an awesome sight. And I've just clipped my like the the leaves off so you can kind of see a full kind of year's harvest on me tomatoes. And it's just a it's a magical sight, do you know what I mean? You kind of think, yes. So that's probably for me. It was me mum definitely got me into into the gardening and probably tomatoes or maybe potatoes but i think it's probably you know it's been a, a few years probably tomatoes now i'm guessing it was the the old fella's granddad that got this this young lad in the garden <laughs> yeah definitely well both my granddads really because my granddad on me on my dad's side he had an allotment and then later in his life he had a big veg patch in his back garden and a greenhouse there so both both uh, granddads got me into it really um as for growing the first crop, I can't remember really what I grew. Probably the first year that I was with my granddad in the garden, learning from him, I wasn't allowed to touch this and I wasn't allowed to touch that. And <laughs> don't look at this and stop messing around with that stick, you know. So it was uh, it was a lot of that. I had to basically stand at the end of the row and watch. But that's how I learned so much, you know. It's funny, you know, Steve, because like you say, I remember my granddad had didn't have an allotment, but he had a big garden. But and every time I went there, you know, he obviously he was growing all the veggie and everything like that. But my mind, my kind of focus was always on just like a you know, patch of a garden to dig a hole. To dig a hole, you know what I mean? It didn't matter. You know what I mean? I just wanted to dig a hole as deep as I could, up to me chest, up to me, you know what I mean? I'd dig this hole and then my granddad would have to fill oh, no. it back in. Do you know what I mean? Kinda. I was never never allowed to do that. And I I had I had to keep quiet as well while my granddad was trimming the lawn. He had one of those edging irons for trimming the lawn that everyone used, you know, the little sort yes. of half moon thing. And every year, twice a year, he would trim an extra half inch off the lawn just so his veg patch at home grew a bit bigger. And I had to keep quiet while he was doing it. I'll never, ever forget that. Brilliant. GB, what got, because you, like you say, you've just kind of took up gardening in like the last three years or something. So what, what yeah, made yeah, you yeah. get into it then? You know what I mean? And obviously you've seen some cool, looking folks, you know, like doing the garden <laughs> yeah. and, and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Kind of, you know what I mean? There's some, some inspirations kicking around, you know what I mean? <laughs> what, um, apart from the, you know, the YouTube celebrities, what made you get into gardening? <laughs> well, there's no, there's no prizes for getting, guessing this one, but it's, um, it's chili peppers. It's chili peppers were the first proper, you know, like my dad was growing chili peppers and he just gave me a plant. And that was it. That was the start of that story. Kind of growing up, you know, my parents had a tiny little greenhouse in the back garden and they used to do like some strawberries and tomatoes. And that was kind of it. Had an allotment for a little bit, but nothing really captured me like that first chili plant. It was a, a red habanero that my dad gave me. Um, I can't, it might have been a plant or it might have just been the seeds. I can't remember, but I remember having it on the windowsill in a t tiny house where we had no space for it. And then, uh, like, I slowly started spreading it into the garden and, like, built this ramshackle home for chili peppers. And they just captured my kind of imagination. And they're just yeah. really, they're so exciting, you know, and so unusual in, um, you know, the variety that you can get. And so, so I guess I guess as it. well, then, the, the chili peppers were just like the stepping stone to get into an allotment yourself, yes, was it? Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. I mean, um, the allotment was actually my partner Jess's idea. She put us on a waiting list, 
um way before i was like no it's too soon we but you know we're not ready we like weren't <laughs> settled like, didn't know where we were gonna like be kids. oh no 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 it's <laughs> not already yet for that and then uh, like a few months later we get a letter from the council and they're like yeah we've got a plot for you and i'm like i didn't want one this soon um but you know just got stuck in and absolutely loved it you know and i'm very thankful to her for <laughs> taking the taking the step and actually putting our names down because otherwise i'd probably well, yeah. still be uh you know i still wouldn't have one what were you going to say steve i think he needed an allotment plot though for the compost heap of the put the bloody chilies on yes <laughs> <laughs> audrey then this would be interesting to kind of find out from you what you mm-hmm. know where your inspiration came from the early days early days was probably elementary school so this was like I was, you know, eight or 10 or, yeah, eight or 10. I remember planting a packet of radishes and uh-huh. they came up beautifully. And I didn't like radishes because I was eight or 10, but I thought, wow, this is really cool. You put in seeds and you get this stuff. Uh, but it wasn't until I was older and I learned that my grandfather, maternal grandfather, uh, had a his entire front yard was roses and my family from Scotland, as many of you know. uh, And I thought that was the coolest thing. So I started rose gardening. So that's really what started me. And then I thought, well, if I can do this, because roses are quite finicky to take care of well, well, I can plant some stuff in the ground. So that's really, I'm kind of self-taught. Like, I just loved it. I turned my entire backyard of our first home into a garden and uh, we had all kinds of things growing in there. So that's, there we go. I and I was, that, I never knew and that. Then I was yeah. 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 Wow. What a great question. That was a good uh-huh. one. Uh-huh. Get, to, get, to all, get to all going there. Um, there's a little question. Once Elizabeth said, let's put this up there. Can cabbages be grown in a greenhouse for a, a faster crop? A faster crop over winter. Stephen. Yes. Yes, definitely. All all your brassicas. And in about a month's time, what I tend to do is I'll I will where my tomatoes are growing now, I will plant in between them the small seedlings of cabbages and kales and collies in between them. So as the tomatoes are finishing off, they're already growing in the space uh, to get that going. And when do you expect with with that then, Steve? Because I've never grown a cabbage or a collie in a polytunnel. When would you expect to harvest that then? Well, any time really. I mean, I know you're you're. I've seen you do it a few times where you've gone to the plot. You you just want a bit of something green, so you'll take an outer leaf off a cabbage. Mm-hmm. You, you can always do that, mm-hmm. or you can go and take the tops off your Brussels sprouts if you're growing them in your polytunnel. So there's always something. If you plant a good deal of, you know, varieties, you know, like your chard, chard does incredibly well in a polytunnel. Um, you'll always have something to pick at. And no, there are no rules. You don't have to pick a cabbage when it's this big. Pick it when it's this big. Mm-hmm. Take it home. See, I love your kind of methodology, Steve. It's just like, mm. you know, you just do not stick with, like, a, a rule because you end up kind of, missing a good harvest or like not even getting a harvest or 
you know, so doesn't matter when they so, just so doesn't just, matter. Just so, just uh-huh. get on with it. And it, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter when why, why do you want to? Why do you want to constrict yourself? The world puts enough constrictions on you anyway. You're out in your garden. It's your space. Do what the heck you want. And uh, why shouldn't you? So why why shouldn't you sow cucumbers in November? You know they're going to fail, but you can sow them if you want to. You can wow, try. And, hey, and this is the thing. That's just like uh, it, it, it chokes us up, Stephen. Chokes us up there. Well done. Well said. Well said. He's a well said. He's a you know, rebel. Oh, that's, uh, <laughs> it took us a little while to get that there, kind of. Um, oh dear, I'm blushing. <laughs> <laughs> now, JB mentioned as well, and we'll just hit this topic. JB had a like a, you know, I was kind of mentioning JB's always like our fall guy, where if something's <laughs> going to go wrong or something, it's like. But JB, you've got like, and I've never seen this on. I've never even seen it on pictures. To be honest, you had a, a certain caterpillar. Munching yeah. on your tomatoes. Now, yeah, you've I'm... only got four tomatoes. Oh. You were picking tomatoes because they were an ugly-looking one the last time. You didn't like yeah. it because it was an ugly-looking tomato. You wanted to get rid of that. So what's what's this with the kind of these caterpillars? Yeah, so I was really interested to see it in the chat as well. Um, how many other people have found this? Because um, I was really shocked to find these tiny, tiny little green caterpillars on my tomatoes and they were munching away not only on the leaves but i saw they were actually going into the tomato <laughs> like you say i've only got four so i was like bloody hell you know <laughs> what's, um, what's the i didn't thing? think we had point? So i've heard of yeah what's the bloody point <laughs> i've heard of um the tomato hornworm in the u.s that's like a really big thing it's like a massive kind of what? hawk moth caterpillar chunky, scary thing, thing. Yeah. yeah um and yes, I was I was googling, and I found out it's something called the bright line brown eye moth, and that's the caterpillars that are on my my thing, and I think they're quite restricted to the south coast. Um, oh, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, <laughs> no, so yeah. Like, that's one of the things with climate change. You know, as it starts to kind oh, of move no. up the country, a lot of species are moving north as well. So, um, if you're if you're a bit lower down the country just double check your tomatoes make sure that they're not um infested with a n- little nasty, uh-huh. <laughs> nasty and caterpillar. i guess i guess you'd be with that the ones that were burning your tomatoes did you just sling them did you because I, I, I did yeah i slung them i like to um I, I always hope that there's a little robin that follows me around <laughs> a lot so i've got like a little kind of bear patch where there's wood and stuff and that's where i chuck a lot of the insects and then he comes and has a go at them so Audrey, what's what are yours called over there? You've got like because you've got the some nasty thing that burrows into your tomatoes. It, well, there's the hornworm, which looks exactly like you would think it would with that name. <laughs> uh, it's like got a dragon, like these horrible fang things. Uh, they're easier to find at night with like a flashlight or a white light because mm. then they really because they come out at night. And they can decimate a plant. Now, I have not been plagued with those, but I know a lot of people have. And once you get them, it seems like they like, they, they hang around, I guess is my point. Like most pets, if they find a place they like, they kind of hang out there. Uh, but they're nasty. And uh, wow, I would just, yeah. I don't like creepy little things like that. <laughs> Oh, I, know, I just, I know. You know, I know some gardeners. So I would just pick them off, and I'm like, "Really? 
I just would take the whole plant and put it in the compost pile. Oh no! <laughs> He's only got yeah. four tomatoes. Do you really? Yeah, 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 I have a few more than that. I do have a few more than that. But, Steve, uh, <laughs> Steve, we we don't uh, touch wood. Get plagued with anything like that. Do you know what I mean? It's, I guess for us, it's the the main worry is blight for your tomatoes. Is that right? Well, I think so. Yeah, I mean. Occasionally, I've seen holes in in tomatoes, and I've never really sussed on. I've I've got this sort of thing with with pests that I just I ignore them mostly. Let let Mother Nature deal with them, and normally it just leaves me alone. Too mm-hmm, bad. Mm-hmm. But now and again, I'll get one or two holes in tomatoes, and peppers seem to be the worst. Uh, they they seem to go for me. I don't know. Again, I don't know what's eating them because there's never anything inside. It's probably mice or something. Right, because I don't. I, I do get something nibbling the pepper leaves now and again, but never the fruit. But I haven't got. Right. I've only got mm. chilies this year, so I haven't compost um, them. I haven't. Haven't brought <laughs> <laughs> that. We need to get you. I, I just heard today that Allium leaf miner has uh, inadvertently been brought over here to the U.S. Uh, like in the oh, Philadelphia wow. area. I can't wait if that's coming my way because <laughs> I've never had that. So, yeah, we need another virus or something. Yeah, to another, another pest. Yeah. Or bug, you whatever. Pest. You don't want that with all the garlic and stuff you've planted, <laughs> either. Exactly. I'm like, I've got a flashing beam going here. Come here. Look at this. And, and there you go. Audrey yeah. sent us this photograph. Nice. That's a lovely sight. So, Audrey, have those garlic, are they just freshly harvested or have yes. you dried them out a little bit? No, they're drying right now. Uh, in, your, in your box method. I can't remember. Uh, but these were beautiful. These are called uh, Italy Hill Giant. And these, wow. I, can't get my, I can't get my hand around the bulbs. They're so big. Oh, wow. wow. Uh, these were just, so I think these might be my go-to in the future. Because right. these, I've never heard of them. Yeah, gorgeous. What um, hard neck, hard neck, hard neck. Ah, you see, I'm not going to yeah. go for hard necks this. I week. know. I just can't give up the scapes. Mm-hmm. I just love scapes <laughs> so much. That, oh. Yeah, I can't. Um, we've got a question. I found a good question there from Lee France as mentioned i planted pak choy for the first time and the leaves have gotten brown blotches on them what is wrong with them audrey now i'm sure you might be able to help with brown patches on pak choy uh trying to think could that not just be like say maybe water like burning you know when you've got to water them in the- it could be it could be uh like a bug nibbling on the back because uh, they're still part of the brassica family, so you could have yeah. some of the white butterfly cabbage thingy caterpillars. Uh, it might be, you know, uh, watering. I don't know. I think it might more be burning. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the weather's been like where you are, but you know, hot. if you water earlier, late. GB. <laughs> <laughs> I finished me uh, me Tory Tango. <laughs> I love that name, Tory ta- Tory Tango. <laughs> well, we got Nair Audrey. Is that just gin? 
<laughs> coffee. coffee. It's still two in the afternoon here. Sorry, Sorry to disappoint. Yes. Um, Stephen, we're coming up to the end of July. We're getting into August. Oops, I've done it again there, JB. It's a good job you weren't doing anything nasty. Oh. Um, <laughs> August planting. A little topic I've got there, Steve. August planting. What can... What can I plant, or what can people plant in August or sow in August? Oh, God, loads of stuff. All your brassicas, all your winter brassicas, and all your salads clubs, basically. That's it. That'll be enough for most people. I'll have a video out by the end of the week on that, of everything that I'm planting physically. So when you um, see a brassica, are you seeing the whole, almost like they say, the whole spectrum of brassicas, you know, from, say, cauliflowers, Cabbages, you know, yes, bustles. everything, uh, uh-huh. anything I can find. Because what I'm looking for now, because seeds are so cheap and you've got soil or compost anyway, I'm just looking to sow anything I can. I want plants so that when the crops come out of the tunnel or out of the bed, certain beds could be filled up with plants that I've got already. I've got a supply there. Then I can make a choice. I can see what's growing. Like for instance, earlier this year, as you know, my cauliflowers were atrocious, uh, and I ripped them out. And the Calabrese crop was rubbish. But if I know that, then I can go to my supplier plants in the polytunnel and replace them and put put some more out mm-hmm. or grow them in another tunnel. So I'm not having bare soil and I'm having something working. And it doesn't matter. Even if I can't eat it, I can give it away. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and I've got the fun of... Because my, my main thing, and I keep saying this, is that... I love growing from seed and seeing it grow into a, a big thing. And mm-hmm. that still excites me after over 50 years of gardening. I still get a yes. massive buzz growing from seed, seeing it grow, and then being able to eat it or put it in a vase. It, it doesn't get any better than that. Oh, yeah. I think it's just nearly another... another. You're almost tearing me up every time you... <laughs> 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 I'm um, sorry. <laughs> I'm just seeing if there's any, anything else you can. Is it too late to sow pea seeds in the ground? Ian's asking. Is it too late to, to sow pea seeds in the ground? Now, I know, Steve, you say it just sowed all the time, but there must come a point when things won't won't come to fruition and, like, you're not going to pee because it's too late in the season. There must come a time. I think um, if you look at the seed packets, I seem to remember this from a couple of years ago, that one particular seed I had said end of July was sort of last chance. But again, with seed packets, I've always said this again about seed packets, is that that manufacturer, that retailer, wants you to get the best possible results from that seed, so he puts the growing window in there where he knows he can guarantee you results. So he might say the end of July, and that's it, that's the end of it. But you can still sow them a couple of weeks into August. It just might be a bit of a patchy germination or a patchy harvest. Mm-hmm. But just go for it and, and then protect them if you need to or grow them in a greenhouse. Or... Well, that's what, like you say, I think it's, for, for me, the excitement definitely now, you know, is like you know, getting friends with Steve and, you know, Audrey and JB is, is this, this winter period is like the holy grail. Do you know what I mean? That's the kind of, we all kind of spite to get veg through that, that winter period. You know, for me, the holy grail, there's, there's two, just getting veg into the, 
into the polytunnel through the winter months and yeah. trying my fucking best to grow a bloody uh, Chinese cabbage. That's the, <laughs> yeah. the pinnacle we'll do it of my gardening career. If I can grow a Chinese cabbage, do you know what I mean? I'll give up now and I'll... I'll, I'll... Well, you can, I've sown some Chinese cabbage now and you'll get them through the autumn. That's not really a problem. Yeah. The, the thing that I've always tried to do and I've always wanted to do is grow them for Christmas because then it's Christmas where you have a big meal and then the next day you want a salad. There are lots of winter lettuce around, but not many of them are very crunchy, and that's why I want that Chinese cabbage. Because if you get them nice and small, they are crunchy, and you can put them in a salad. So but is that Steve? That's nice. been my thing. Because I just sowed, or I just planted actually from the garden centre some radicchio. Now, does that not kind of? Do you not plant that to to get that kind of crunchy feeling? Because I've sure I've seen as yeah. well a recipe where you can cut them in half and you can fry them. No, that's... And braise, you can braise them as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Braise them with some meat as well. Yeah, lovely. Absolutely uh, gorgeous. Oh. But yeah, it, it is a crunchy salad. Um, you can use as a salad, but that's bitter. Mm-hmm. I want that mm-hmm. sweet, light, refreshing mm-hmm. sort of crunch. But I've got a secret. I've got a secret. Uh, another test I'm running this year with the Chinese cabbage. I won't give up. <laughs> I've been doing it now for 10 years, I think. But I've got another secret method I'm trying this year, which I think <laughs> might do it this time. Audrey, Come on. Were you going to send? Audrey, were you going to... No, I'm not saying send with seeds, but did, did you pick a certain cabbage? I am, because I'm I'm collecting a few that are coming in, so I'm going to send them to you three all at once. Because nobody's starting mm-hmm. tomatoes again for this year. So I'm just collecting a few seeds and getting them at the same time. So... <laughs> <laughs> Oh yes, I am. There is a a new, and I think it got delivered today. I haven't seen it yet, but it's a tiny cabbage that's very thin and grows very tall. And I thought, you know, that just might be a a variety that Steve will uh, enjoy growing into the winter. Um, so there'll be some of those cherry. in the little packets too. So I've never heard yes. of it before. So I'm like, we'll give it a shot. No, Stephen. Was that the Wah Wah Say or something, was it called? Was that it? Yes. Yes, that's the one. I've just bought some no, of them. No, no. <laughs> this, is, this is your secret plan. This is... No, no, no. It's a, it's a I've got a different but it secret looks, plan. Didn't it, look, it looks very different, and yet yeah. the, the, the leaves look very similar. They're just so skinny and very tall. So it's, I don't know. Am I right? I've just my mind's went blank there. Is it Chinese cabbage is what you made kimchi with? Is that right? Have I have I got that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So that's like another. I was just, another I was just watching last night the hairy bikers on the TV, and they were in Korea making kimchi with their um, with their Chinese cabbage, and you should have seen this thing. It was huge, great big thing. Like it's like a it was like a small barrel. And I thought, okay, yeah, yeah rub my nose in it, why don't you? So, <laughs> are we seeing then, Steve, because I haven't grown one successfully, it doesn't matter when I've planted it, when I've sown yeah. it, have you gotten something like that early on in the year? Never like, never quite like that, about half the size. Uh-huh. Um, probably about the size of a human head. They'll, they will, you know, a really good one will be the size of a human head. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, you, you sow them now, they'll grow happily away. But mm-hmm. I, at this time of the year, I, only, I always forget to sow them for the autumn harvest. I'm always concentrating on trying to grow the one for Christmas, so I always forget. But it was the fact that Audrey mentioned in our private chat about these, these seeds that I thought, ah, good idea, I'll go and sow some now for autumn. So nice. I've got Yeah, I have about a dozen up. starting right now, so I'm hoping yeah. to plant out next month. So, Stephen, I've got about 30 bloody fennel plants now, which are about <laughs> three, four, four foot. Yay. Like, what do I do? Can I put them outside, or is it best to keep them, plant them in the tunnel for like a like a wintery thing, or what do I do with these bloody fennel bulb things? Where are they? Are they in module trays? They're in, they're in the... You know, like I think there's eighteen them size ones. It's like a, I don't know, you know, like that. Kind All right. Of, you know, so there's about uh, yeah. I don't know how many, yeah. fifteen, sixteen. So they're in there. At the well, moment. as soon as they're about that high. Well, as soon as the roots are coming out the bottom, plant them out outside. Right, right. Outside, yeah, yeah, and, and you know, you know, do, do a Stephen test and plant a couple indoors as uh, well. See what happens. And any special love I need to be giving them, or or not, or. Um. No, not that I can think of. Just a bit of blood fishing bone underneath uh, them and water them. And when and would I expect when would I expect be pulling them? Oh, you're never gonna pull one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm intending at least you know, the, the amount I've got, at least get one bulb. Now I'm if I'm now like... the end end of July. I mean you're gonna be looking at about ten weeks, ten, twelve weeks. Oh, I would right, say. right, right. So they'll come fairly quick. Uh-huh. Especially and while the weather's warm. Did you? Uh, you must have sown some then through the winter, because I'm, I'm sure I've just seen a video, or maybe a time flies by, where you had them maybe February or something in the polytunnel or something like that. I'm sure you. Yeah, I I grew them in the, in the polytunnel along with the Chinese cabbage that failed last last year's failed attempt, uh-huh. um, and then I just left them because I, I normally grow them for Christmas, but I grow them just for the actual. The, fo- the foliage of the plant because it's a nice flavour to go in soups and stews over Christmas. Yeah. So all I want nice. is, you know, sort of smallish plants and I snip the leaves off, but they grew over Christmas and I just couldn't, so I just let them carry on growing. And then after Christmas, they bulbed up wonderful. They were really slow, but I just left them to their own devices and they carried on. And what did you do with the bulbs? Ate them. Well, I know that, but how did you eat them? How did you cook? How did you prepare <laughs> them? Any, any special, any special flavourings or anything like that? But fennel for me it was a little bit kind of tricky. That's what I'm... Right. Um, no, not really. I mean, you can use it like, as if you can imagine like how you'd cut celery up and, and use that with meats. So you can fry it, right, you can right, boil right. it, you can poach it, you can steam it. Oh, it's lovely. It's and it's not. The the smell is stronger than the flavour when you eat it. Mm-hmm. So nice, make like a nice gravy up with the meat and all that, and have it all kind of mushed in. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, it's it's lovely. It, it's it's more of an earthy flavour than uh, than a sort of an aniseed flavour. Mm-hmm. It's lovely. You'll love it. Time flies. It's really, it's, Time flies. It's really sweet roasted too. Right. You just roast. Yeah. Just by itself, Audrey. 
Yeah, sometimes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Right, right. There we go. Well, I've got, I've got bloody loads. <laughs> no, I also grow just leaf fennel just to get the little fronds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're lovely. Well, that's, Audrey, that was the mistake I nearly made because I picked these up because, you know, Steve mentioned you should try fennel, yeah. you should try fennel. So I went to yeah. the, the garden centre and I'd seen, <laughs> like, the actual, it was just like a fennel flower and i'm thinking well steve showed me this big bloody bull that was like a size you know what i mean oh, then yeah. there was one rack of seeds and i went oh it's a different or not maybe a different variety like a different uh, together. yeah Prawn, then for the bulb yeah, yeah. so yeah. i've got them well listen we have... i don't want to mention a mandolin with you tony but they're really good shaved really thin and put on a <laughs> But I know you're still recuperating from the end of the I don't know if you can so, It's hard uh, to kind of see, but it's, there's a bloody straight line on my thumb there. You know, on one side. Is a but they are line. also very, very good if you make them very thin and put them on a salad raw. <laughs> They're very good. Yes. Yeah. God, I don't, I don't know. I'll have, to, I'll have to see. Salad raw. I, I love salads. God, salads. I mean, yeah. Go to, but um, fennel. Well, you don't have to put a lot in. You could just put a wee bit in. Last right? question before we get our tips of the week. Jane has just. Oh. Hello, Jane. Jane's here. Are any of you visiting the RHS Melvin show in September? Now, I'm going to go out a limb here and say, or you're not. I probably am not. That is <laughs> yeah. the correct statement. <laughs> well, I'm not as well. I mean, I haven't been to a show for a long, long time. I think the last one. Where's the Melvin one? Is um, is that down south, That's, JB? I have no South idea. Wales. It's, have, is Melvin, it's, it's over towards Wales, isn't it? It's over in that direction. The last one I visited was, was an RHS one, but it was with me mum again. But it was in Scotland. Wow. I remember which one. God, it was a long, long time ago. Did you go to any shows, JB? No, I was going to say, I, so I have literally never been you... to a single show and I've not really ever been to any formal gardens or anything like that either. Um, it's one of those things that's just not really on my radar. But you know? GB, you are the, I would say the kind of, what's the best way to describe it? The, the YouTube pinup boy of the garden world. I mean, it, it used to be this fella, but he's had to give up his crown, you know what I mean? <laughs> so have you Old never age. been like a, a garden show, JB? Nothing like that? Never? Literally nothing. Literally nothing. I've got the, the what there's, um, RHS Wisley is fairly close to me as well. Um, and in fact, I used to work like on a nature conservation site just next door from there. Um, but it's just, it's never been, like I say, it's never been on my radar. It's never been, it's never felt like something that would kind of welcome me or interest me. But, you know, as the seasons have gone on since I got into allotmenting, it's definitely something I'd at least like to give a go. Well, um, I think, I mean, I guess if so you turn up, I guess if you, if you turned up to a show, GB, you'd, the crowds would stop for you. You know what I mean? It'd be like... <laughs> He'd have to be wearing his calendar outfit, though, I think. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I, um, I wish I had That's that. That's a bloody point. When is it? I don't even know when it is. There's a few nice offers um, in the in the chat, so I might I might go to one. I might go to one. There's a few chili fests this year that I do want to go to um, because, you know, it just makes sense. <laughs> yeah, you just, you just got to. Before we go and get into our tips of the week, don't forget, 
join our Patreon. That would be fantastic. There's links in the live chat and there's a link in the description as well. And come over. We will be moving over lock, stock and barrel in probably two weeks' time to our new new channel as well. So that will be fantastic. Tips of the week. Stephen, I'll kick off with you this week, sir. Your tip oh, hey. of the week. Well, as I've been caught out with it today, I can only talk about staking and tying your plants in. Um, we had some freak wind, which we don't normally have at this time of year. Normally, we start to get it around September. And it's knocked a lot of my sunflowers over and a few of my other plants as well. If I'd been ready and sort of ready for September, they would have all been tied in and supported. So it's a good tip at the minute is to make sure things like roses and clematis and what have you, all your plants are tied in as they should be. Get on it now before the wind hits later in the year, if it hasn't hit you already. And what is it pretty bad, the damage, is it, Steve? Um, I mean, it's it's... No, it's not bad, but, I mean, out of about 40 sunflowers, I think I've lost about a third of them. And some of my other other flowers that were in bloom at the front of the plot have all been flattened. Uh, I mean, I'll still get some pickings off them, and they might regrow a little bit, I don't know. And some of my other flowers at the back have been flattened as well. It's not life-changing it's just annoying just as it was all coming to its full vibrancy mm. you know? i know i know that, that's um, it's normally the bloody case as well mind isn't it you know what i mean you kind yeah. of my god it's just about it and then you turn up another day and you're like oh exactly now them sunflowers are jb's <laughs> And What's they don't the seem point? that very big, GB. The, the chilli plants look bigger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nearly. Yeah, they're only in a little pot. But, um, oh, right, right, you know, right. It's my right. attempt. No, <laughs> that's, right. that, that's good, that's good. What You did send, and I haven't used it yet, the GB, because we know we're going to keep taking the mickey out your four tomato plants. But <laughs> yeah. that's looking, that's impressive. Come on, that that's is better, impressive. That's better. Yeah. That's now. Yes, that's... So, um, I think that actually deserves JB a little. For the kids. For the kids. Audrey, have you got yourself a, a, a tip of the week yet? Uh, no, but here's what I think I will say because this is where I am right now. Is spring was a really weird time. So much of what I was hoping to get moving along and growing uh, didn't like the hot, cold, hot, cold, wet, not wet. So I'm kind of reseeding everything. And I'm going to give it another go here uh, like next month. So Mm -hmm. I guess if you're feeling behind or if you're feeling like spring was a bust, give it another go. Like try Mm -hmm. again. Uh, even some of my, like my cabbage that didn't do well, I stripped all the leaves. We still used it. It wasn't a beautiful cabbage head, but we used it. Uh, but I would love to get some cauliflower and broccoli this year. So I'm just reseeding all of it. Just out of curiosity, oh, nice. just before, Jimmy, just before getting yours, I found in the hut, now this Steve, I'm kind of aiming towards you for this question. I found some 
onion sets that I obviously have put away and forgot about. The 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 fine. Could I put them in and get an onion this year? Oh gosh, um, there might be small onions. I don't know. It's a bit dodgy, but you know, I'm still sowing spring onions, and they will grow. Before. Well, that's what that's that's the thing that I was going to do. Just plant them close together in a little square foot kind of thing, and go yeah. for spring onions. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, when we've been talking here, I was thinking, well, if you can grow anything, I wonder if you could get an onion. What would actually stop that onion growing in? Well, it's normally day length onions, day length sensitive, aren't they? Yeah, you'd um, yeah, you have trouble getting a bulb, I think, at this point. Just purely because you're already past, the, the, the you're past your, yeah, you're already past kind of when they start to bulb. Uh, mm-hmm. No, yeah. you can try. Mm-hmm. You might just get nice little well, they'll, ones. They'll grow a nice straight stem. And I'm sure you'll get some spring onions. Uh, yeah. No, I know I've got um, I've got the ideal spot for some spring because onions. Because so they, they probably nice. wouldn't store it till next year, would they? No, I, I, I'm if sure I've found that they'll just go like hollow, you know, like this kind of decision. Yeah, that's what I mean. So it's probably better just to get mm-hmm. them in and mm-hmm. see what they do. Now, somebody's got three tips. He's got three tips to I'm choose. I'm only doing one. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't afford to do all three. No, 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 no. But he's got his, like, <laughs> he, anything, he can just pick his mind. JB. What's your tip of the week, sir? Okay, yeah, number one is chili peppers related, as always. Um, and it's about isolating <laughs> your flowers. Um, so now is the right time of year to be thinking about it if you've not done it already. So if you've got a plant that you really love and you want to grow next year from seed, um, you want to isolate those flowers to ensure that it doesn't cross-pollinate with your nearby chilies, because otherwise you'll get a uh, a kind of mystery seed next year, you know, it will cross-pollinate. Um, and the easiest way to do that is to go on eBay or Amazon. <laughs> Steve, you're making a lot of noise, my I friend. He's writing oh, I'm sorry. You got, you got your notebook out. Um, he's taking notes for <laughs> all the chili peppers he loves to grow. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the easiest way to do it is to go out and get a like an organza bag. They're normally for... Um, like uh, wedding favors or decorations or that kind of thing. But they're these tiny little mesh bags. You, well, the, the holes are tiny. You will actually want to get quite a big bag and just kind of slot that over your flowers, over your stem, um, and that will stop any kind of insects. And it should stop a lot of the cross-pollination. It's not perfect, but it's probably like 90% effective. And then you know, like... You want to mark off those peppers when they come to fruition. I tie a little bit of string around mine, and then I know when I harvest, I put that in a separate pile, and that's my seed for next year, if it's a pepper I really love. Oh. Now, you could have just said a bag, but you had to see it all guns up. Well, you know I mean? if, it's, if it's not um, breathable, your stuff mm-hmm. will just rot. So if you put a plastic bag around it, your fruit will rot, and you, you won't get viable seed. What about a paper bag? Brown paper bag? Uh, maybe. Mm-hmm. That might get a bit moist in like a humid greenhouse or something. Um, so kind it's of not mesh very bags. Waitrose. Think waitrose would not do that, would <laughs> no, they? No, no, God, no, no. You'd be fine with a waitrose bag. Actually, you'd probably be fine with that if you made a little bag. <laughs> <There> you <laughs> yeah, well, I think um, what time we got there? I think that could be wrapped wrap today's show up. One hour, 20 minutes nearly. Listen, wow. time. I know. it just flies. It, flies, it does it's fly, fly, yeah. Yeah. So a big thank you. Can, I, can I just say something? Can yeah. I just say something before we go? You know, we were talking about the cauliflowers and you were having a crack at me earlier in the year because mine were rubbish. And mine were fantastic. Well, the, 
and yours were fantastic. Well, the guy next door to me, the allotment, the next plot over, has not been very well this year. And I went into his plot today and into his polytunnel to check if anything needs doing. And I've seen six of the biggest bloody cauliflowers in his, in his polytunnel there. And he hasn't done bugger all with them. He's, he's barely even watered them. So they thrive on neglect. Just wanted to say wow. that, that's all. Seriously, that just gets that just throws in the face of everything we kind of know because you would expect yeah. the need is they need water, and if you're not, the yeah. polytunnel is going to be bone dry, parched, dust, sand. That's unbelievable. I give Absolutely up. unbelievable. I mean, there's, there's no rules. I want some rules. I want some basic <laughs> rules to follow in God. I don't like this kind of well. Do you know what I mean? See how it goes. Uh, you should have married Mother Nature. They've got rules then. <laughs> Listen, big thank to everybody in the chat. Sorry we didn't get your questions. Do pop in next week. We'll be here and we'll try and get through to them. That would be fantastic. Big thank you to my guest, Stephen. Green side up. Let me just put on. Do pop over to green side up there and subscribe, oh, to, look Steve's, at that. subscribe to Steve's channel. We've got Audrey there. On our real food comes dirty, and is she doing well? Our pin-up gardener. Hey, it is shorts. Yes, I know. Oh yes, ladies, gents, behave yourselves. Right, <laughs> <laughs> right. Take care, everyone. Point. See you later. Bye, bye, everyone. 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 Bye, bye, everyone.